Thank you for joining us for a life-changing message from Norm Oberlin, pastor of Mount Hope Church in beautiful Gaylord, Michigan. Our prayer is that this message will help strengthen and encourage your walk with Christ. Please enjoy. And now, here is Pastor Norm. We have been studying the book of Revelation for quite a while now. And, uh, wow. We're still here today, though. I I don't get it, (laughs) because yesterday the world was supposed to end. No man. Yeah, I actually... I actually wrote that down. I, I actually wanted to share that real quick before we get started. Jesus, no one knows about the day that, or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Only the Father. So when somebody says, and I'm sure there will be more, <laughs> October 1st, Jesus is coming back. <laughs> False prophet. False, say that with me, false prophet. We're going to talk about that today. There, there is going to be a false prophet, and he is coming on the scene fast and furious. But before we get there, I need to make a correction. Last week, we talked about briefly, and it just sort of came up because somebody called it out from the audience, the tribe that was missing uh, in, in that list of 12, and it was the tribe of Dan, not the Levitical tribe. So forgive me, because I try to be as accurate as possible. And every now and then, and nobody called me out on that. Shame on you. Brian, I'm surprised you didn't catch that. Yeah, you should be. He's convicted, he said. So again, every now and then, I say the wrong thing, and I I try to stay true to the Word. You know that. And this week's no different. I believe God has a Word for you today. I do. And is this message timely or what? I mean, come on. The world is erupting. I didn't even realize this. Just this last week, over 200 people died in an earthquake in Mexico City. Did you know that? I'm like, wow. Over and over and over. It's happening, folks. The end is near. Jesus is coming back tomorrow. That was a test. That was a test, all right? Just just to see if you were actually listening. Would you stand with me one more time? Again, these messages are so strong, so powerful, and people need to know the truth. And I can't preach this by myself. So I need you to help me today, would you? Say this out loud. Dear Lord, Help Pastor Norm to preach really good today. Help me to understand what he's saying. And to remember what he's saying when the opportunity comes for me to show others. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now you can sit down. Revelation chapter 13. Some people, ooh, 13. You know, 13 is not an unlucky number. But there are still buildings that have elevators that have no 13th floor. They just skip that one. I don't get it. John didn't skip chapter 13. Actually, he didn't even create this. But All right. Then I saw a what? 
a beast rising up out of the sea. It had seven heads and ten horns with ten crowns on its horns. And written on each head were names that blasphemed God. This beast looked like a leopard, but it had the feet of a bear and the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave the beast his own power and throne and great authority. There is a reason that God called this creature the beast. Now when we watch some of our horror flicks, hopefully you don't, but if you do, when the beast comes out, what is it? Ugly, demonic, bloody, gross, whatever, right? Well, this beast, there's none that would compare to what this beast is going to do when he comes from below. Some say that the reference to coming from below actually represents a man, and that could be. Or it could be that this beast is coming straight out of the pit of hell. We don't really know that, but we will. The ten horns with ten crowns reveals that he has authority unparalleled, power unparalleled. Most believe that he is going to control the ten European countries. They are the ten crowns, and many believe this will comprise the European Union. We see a similar description in Daniel chapter 7. Now, the Antichrist domain is going to encompass the whole world. That's everything, all right? In the Greek, Antichrist means one that opposes Christ or instead of Christ. What's his mission? To get people's eyes off of God and onto him. That's his mission. Because if he can get you not looking up, but rather looking out, he's got you. I found myself in that place this week. All hell breaking loose in our own personal stuff going on at home. And I'm like, God, I don't know how much more of this I can take. And then I realized, dummy, look up. Have you ever been there? But you're the pastor of the church. I don't care, I'm still human. Things happen. They happened this week. I'm not proud of it. So don't get your eyes off of Christ. And by the way, I've said this over and over. I don't believe the church is going to be here when all of this happens during this seven-year period for the tribulation. I don't believe we're going to be here. We're going to be in heaven with Jesus. And that's a good thing. That's the good news. The three animals, the leopard, bear, and lion, represent three kingdoms or conquerors. First, Alexander the Great then the Medo-Persians, and then the Babylonians in order of the animals. Many believe that the Antichrist is going back to a revived Roman Empire. I believe that some actually think it's going to be Nero that's reincarnated, but I don't necessarily believe that. But there's going to be a government set up similar to the Roman Empire, and it's going to rule the world. You know, Rome almost did that back in the day. Where does the beast power come from? It comes from the dragon or Satan. This is just a picture of what these beasts might look like. And obviously this is somebody's imagination. But the dragon, I looked at that and I went, wow. He's pretty scary looking. I think. 
If I saw him coming out of the woods, I'd run. Or I'd say, in Jesus' name, get behind me. All right, verse 3. I saw that one of the heads of the beast seemed wounded beyond recovery, but the fatal wound was healed. The whole world marveled at this miracle and gave allegiance to the beast. They worshipped the dragon for giving the beast such power, and they also worshipped the beast. Who is as great as the beast, they exclaimed. Who is able to fight against him? <laughs> Mary, it's great having your voice back. And I know Pastor Roger always does a great job without you, but I know he cries and, I can't do it without Mary. And, and we're just happy to have you back. So, and I feel the same way about my wife too, so that's awesome. What I want you to see today is that Satan is a master counterfeiter. He's a masquerader. The Bible says that he actually portrays himself at times as an angel of light, yet how dark is he? Right? He does not, listen to this, he does not have the power to make life. Only God does. So in this, in this passage we see that this Antichrist, this first beast, is going to die. Or at least it's going to look like he's dead. And then he's going to come back to life. And that's when all the people are going to get all excited. See, he's got the same power as God. And that's his whole purpose. is to trick people into believing that he is God. But know this, he cannot bring someone back from the dead. Only Jesus Christ was able to do that. Hallelujah. He is the mimicker of Christ. Everything he does, he tries to do just as Jesus did when he was on this earth. As a result of this, what appears to be a miracle, people are going to exalt him and even begin to worship him. As I've already said, any power that this beast has, it will come directly from Satan, from the dragon. Verse 5, then the beast was allowed to speak great blasphemies against God. And he was given authority to do whatever he wanted for how long? Forty-two months, which is three and a half years. Half of the tribulation period. And he spoke terrible words of blasphemy against God, slandering his name and his temple. That is, those who live in heaven. Now when this happens... The clarion call isn't going to be out there saying, stop this nonsense. That's what we do today, isn't it? Or at least we're supposed to. When we see people coming against God, we should call them out and saying, really? You realize who you're coming against here? Because the God I serve isn't the one you're describing. The church needs to be vocal. We have but a short time yet left to let people know about this loving God. Abba, Father. I loved the picture that you gave of Nate holding his daughter. And, and I, I was in the back and I actually had tears because it reminded me of when I was eight. <laughs> 
And I went to my dad, and I always gave him a hug and kiss before I went to bed. And I went to him. I said, good night, Dad. And he kind of pushed me back, and he goes, put her there, son. You're too old for that. Now, I'm not picking on my dad, all right? He's with the Lord now. He got saved later in, in the years, and I'm, I can't wait to see him again. But when I was back there, it hit me. Don't think of me like you thought of your dad. And I had to stop and go, wow, have I been doing that? Put her there, son. Your God, your loving Heavenly Father wants to embrace you. And He's there for you. He hangs on to you even when you don't realize He's there. He'll never leave you or forget who you are. You are one of His own. If the blood of Jesus has sealed you. Hallelujah. So I know I had to repent a little bit back there. It's been a week of repenting for me. Wow. Praise God. Even the pastor has to repent. 42 months, three and a half years, and he spoke these terrible words. He blasphemed God. What does it mean to blasphemy? Thought I'd just use the master here. Merriam-Webster says, the act of insulting or showing contempt or lack of reverence for God. <laughs> this is supposed to happen during the tribulation. How many realize it's already happening? If you watch any of the late night shows, and personally I've stopped watching them because it filled my head with nonsense, garbage, wickedness, evil. I stopped, And I used to watch it because I kind of wanted to keep a finger on the pulse of the nation, but you know what? I don't need that kind of stuff getting in my spirit. They've been blaspheming God. They make fun. They mock Christians. The new art form is to, to portray Jesus in a light that He would have never been portrayed. God help those people. Take the blinders off in the name of Jesus and bring them into the light. God forgive them of their sins. And I pray that the church would not be silent as we watch all of this happening. Hear this. This is the whole purpose of the Antichrist. Whatever is opposite of Christ will be popular and the truth Christ preached will become unthinkable. It's already happening. You put that away. You, you can't bring that into school. Yes, you can, but they'll tell you you can't. Why? Because they're afraid of God's Word. There's power in it. Spoken. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 7, and the beast was allowed to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. What? Hang on. And he was given authority to rule over every tribe and people and language and nation. I don't know about you, but when I read this stuff, I'm like, what God? Really? The beast can't do anything Unless God allows him. 
What does that say? He allows him to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. Isn't that kind of contradictory? We live in the age of grace today. The blood of Jesus has cleansed us from all our unrighteousness. When we walk in the authority of God, we can, the, the prayers of a righteous man or woman are powerful and effective. How can the devil conquer these people? Because God allows it. It's a different age. The age of grace is going to come to a close when the tribulation begins. Things are going to be a little different then. His people are going to be a little different. We've talked quite a bit about that already. But this is one of those places where Christians can get tripped up about God's character. Don't let it happen. How can God allow His own people to be destroyed by the devil? But realize first that these people had many opportunities to accept Christ before the tribulation happened. I also think that many are going to be there because the church was silent during these last days leading up to Jesus rapturing the church. Did you hear that? Poke your neighbor and say, don't be silent. Don't be silent about Jesus. Don't be silent about Jesus. Tell people what He's done for you. Tell them what's coming. An all-out war against humanity. Against God's people. It's coming. The Bible says it. I believe it. Here's the bottom line. God is God. And whatever He chooses to do, whatever He wants to do, He can do it. Right? We may not always understand His reasoning. I don't necessarily understand why He would turn the people over like this and allow them to be conquered. But I do know that there are Scriptures that bear this out. Isaiah 55, 8-9, My thoughts, God said, are nothing like your thoughts. My ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Don't ever presume that you know what God should do. Ever. Ever. You might think you got Him pegged, but you don't. He created the universe for crying out loud. We couldn't even tie our own shoes till we were six. Some of you may be five. He is infinitely smarter than us. And He knows all. He knows everything. Don't ever think that you understand what God should do or shouldn't do. Those who refuse to take the mark of the beast, this passage says, will be used as God's witnesses. I believe this with all my heart. Remember what we said last week. Remember this part. The saints of God will defeat the devil by what? The, the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Alright? So, when these people die 
it's going to be used against them as a witness. The only authority the devil has is given to him by God. We also read about the book of life in this verse. This is where the saints, you and I, who have confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord, this is where our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And it simply means that when you get to heaven, you'll be allowed entrance. But it doesn't mean we're predestined. God knows the beginning from the end. He knows who's going to choose Him and who isn't. It's still our choice. Choose life. Choose Jesus. Choose to go God's way, not the devil's way, because He loses. And anybody that follows Him is going to lose. If your name isn't in the book, you won't be in heaven. Would you say that out loud with me? If your name isn't in the book, you won't be in heaven. I won't have you point to your neighbor and say that. Let that gel within you. Is your name in the book? Has Jesus forgiven you of your sins? Has He made you? Are you twice born? Has He made you a new person? Because if you haven't, you need to. Time's running short. You may not have a whole lot longer. Can I get a good amen? amen. Verse 8. All the people who belong to this world worship the beast. Notice it says, belong to this world. They are the ones whose names were not written in the book of life before the world was made. The book that belongs to the Lamb who was slaughtered. Now in Ezekiel 28, God showed the prophet what happened to Lucifer. Remember him? The devil. He was God's lead worship angel. Pastor Roger, and I know you're a humble man, but have you ever gotten up, maybe, maybe before Jesus, let's go back there. Have you ever, remember those concerts when you're rocking it out? Did you ever think in your head, Oh man, these people are loving this. Oh, look what I'm doing. Ever? Maybe once or twice? Or were you so humble back then even that you never felt that way? All right, where's Chad at? Chad, <laughs> he's, he's not working with me. Lucifer was God's lead worship angel. And I don't necessarily understand what happened, but I do know this, the Bible bears this out, that he got it in his spirit that he wanted the glory. He wanted the applause. He wanted the people to worship him. Not people. He wanted, excuse me. He wanted heaven to worship him. People weren't there yet. And what did God have to do? Throw him out. Satan didn't just want to be equal with God. He wanted to be over him. Alright? A couple of scriptures that bear this out. First one, Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction. Haughtiness. Look at me! Isaiah, I love this. It talks about how he fell from heaven. How you are fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning. 
You've been thrown down to the earth, you who destroyed the nations of the world. For you said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven and set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the mountain of the gods far away in the north. Most scholars believe this represents Satan. He wants to be worshipped. He wanted to be worshipped in heaven. He got booted out because of that. Now he wants to be worshipped here. Whatever God has, He wants. Have you noticed that? Whatever God has, He wants it. And if He can't have it, what does He do? He tries to destroy it. Because He's so jealous of what God has. During this time, the people of the earth are going to worship Him. Everyone will be required to worship Him, or they will be put to death. Verse 9. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Now, we read this over and over and over in Revelation. Anyone who has ears to hear should listen and understand. Here we see God in the middle of the tribulation still extending forgiveness. If the people would only listen and understand, they could come back to Him, repent of their sins, and He would forgive them and their names would be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Even in the midst of all this hell that's going to break loose on this earth, God is still going to forgive if people come to Him. And then it starts to talk about what's going to happen to those. Anyone who is destined for prison will be taken to prison. Anyone destined to die by the sword will die by the sword. This means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently and remain faithful. This is during the tribulation. These people will reap what they've sown. If they come against God's chosen, the ones they're going to kill, if they come against them, they're going to reap that. If they kill some of God's people, they themselves are going to die. And of course, we know they're going to be judged for that in the end, right? The great white throne judgment. And they're going to spend forever in a living furnace that is known as hell. Justice is going to be given to each one. That's what this verse is talking about. Everybody's going to pay. They will reap what they've sown. In this case, I believe it pertains to their evil deeds. Don't be evil. It's so much better to be good, to be kind, to help people in need. Don't be one of those that's a jerk because you're going to reap what you've sown if you are. It's so much easier to be nice to people than it is to be mean. And people need people to love them. And you represent Jesus, so you above all people should be that person that witnesses for Christ. Verse 11. Then I saw another beast come up out of the earth. Another one? Wasn't bad enough we had one? He had two horns like those of a lamb, but he spoke with the voice of a dragon. He exercised all the authority of the first beast, and he required all the earth and its people to worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. So this goes back. This tells us that that Antichrist, the first beast, he died, or it looked like he did, 
and yet now he was healed and he was coming back to life. He did astounding miracles. The second beast did astounding miracles, even making fire flash down to the earth from the sky while everyone was watching. Again, Satan is the what? Masquerader. All this power that these guys have, the first beast, the second beast, it comes from Lucifer. It's not their own. Oh, the devil made lightning. Who? But when it comes from this guy, people are going to go, oh, you see that? Have you ever watched some of those modern magicians? Man, the stuff they do, it's crazy. Sometimes I wonder if it is a demonic. How do they do that? They're so good at it. But it's not real. This prophet is going to do supernatural things. And people are going to go, oh, he must be God. Is he? No. He is a masquerader. Convincing people. He's going to be eloquent. He's going to be smooth. He's going to be charismatic. There are many people that have spent years trying to figure out who this dude is. We don't know who he is. But we're going to know if we're here. You don't want to be here, by the way. There, you can poke your neighbor and say, you don't want to be here. No, no. I don't want to be here. This prophet, the second beast, and the two horns represent power, but limited power. He's not going to have the same power that the original beast had. But he's going to have power, and he's going to have power to kill people. And he's going to say, you don't worship the beast, you're dead. Bow to the beast! Off with his head! Off with her head! And this person, this second beast, is going to represent a world religion. A world religion. Everybody's going to worship the same. Christ will not be acceptable. We need a one world government. We need a currency that everybody uses. Have you heard that? We need a religion that everybody can partake in. It's coming. It's coming. And this prophet is going to bring this part, this stage, this supernatural part onto this earth. And all, and with all the miracles he was allowed to perform, notice, perform, on behalf of the first beast, he deceived all the people who belonged to this world. Nobody's going to know what's up or down, left or right. They're going to be so confused. He ordered the people to make a great statue of the first beast who was fatally wounded and then came back to life. He was then permitted to give life to the statue so that it could speak. Then the statue of the beast commanded that anyone refusing to worship it must die. Again, the Antichrist is going to appear to come back to life. Some feel that this might happen through a hologram. Somebody said maybe it's going to be an android. You know, we're almost there. Well, we already have robots. But they're creating robots right now that look just like people and can walk and they're getting better at it every year. By two, 
excuse me, by 2020, they, they claim computers for $1,000, you're going to be able to buy a computer that is as smart as a human. We haven't been able to do this. But it's coming. This beast that comes back to life, we don't know what he's going to look like. Nobody does. But I promise you, if you're here, you're going to know who he is. You're going to know who the beast is. Alright? You still with me? Thank you, Jesus. We do know that the first beast has much power. But it all comes from Satan. We know that the second beast is going to have power, similar to the first, that also comes from Satan. We also know that he represents the spiritual side of the kingdom of darkness. What Jesus did on this side of the tribulation, he's going to do on the other side, only it's going to be the negative. Jesus brought the light, he's going to bring the darkness. And he's going to want people to worship with the mark of the beast. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Listen to this. And I hadn't really picked this up, but I, one of the guys that I was reading, he said, think about the deity of Christ. Think about the Godhead, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Who is Satan considered? He's the father of the lie, all lies, right? All right, he's a murderer. The second one, the Antichrist, the first beast, is in the likeness of Jesus. He brings all this, I have the answers. He's going to bring peace for a short time. And then his corruption is going to be revealed. And the third one is likened to this prophet, this false prophet, I should say. He is like the Holy Spirit. All right? He's going to bring the spiritual side of this. So the deity, again, the, the Trinity. First, God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Now, Satan, the beast, number one, and the beast, number two. I was like, wow. He wants everything God had. But he can't have it. He can't have it. Last of this, verse 15. If you don't worship the beast, you're going to die. He who has ears, let him hear if you're in a place right now where you're not sure whether or not you're going to heaven, you better make a commitment soon. You better determine whether you're for God or not. Because if you're not for Him, you're against Him. And if you don't say yes to Jesus, if you don't give Him your life before this tribulation period, you're going to go through it. And then you'll still be able to get saved. But in order to be saved, you're going to have to die. Because if you don't worship the beast... You're going to die. Let's read this last part. He required everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be given a mark on the right hand or on the forehead. No one could buy or sell anything without that mark, which was either the name of the beast or the number representing his name. All right. I've heard... Many Christians say that we cannot, we cannot allow the microchip to be put in her hand or forehead because of this passage. But the Bible scholars that I've been reading, and I agree, 
this isn't going to be a microchip in your hand or your forehead. Whatever the mark is, and we don't know what it is, but whatever the mark is, it's going to be so blatantly obvious. Maybe it'll be 666. I don't know. But it's going to be obvious that you are in allegiance with Him. You're going to have to make a pledge to serve Him. And then you'll get the mark. This isn't something that, you know, because there are companies that are doing this. We're going to put a chip in their hand. When they walk in the door, all they have to do is boop, boop, boop. The nice thing about that is nobody's going to be able to steal your ID unless they cut your hand off. I'm not pro-microchip. I'm just trying to tell you that I don't believe it's going to be a microchip that's the sign of the beast. So don't throw me out yet. I believe that if somebody gets the mark, it's because they choose to worship the beast. It's going to be visible and people are going to know. Just like water baptism is visible and people know that you love Jesus and you're going to serve Him the rest of your life, the same thing is going to happen. In fact, it's probably like that. Because everything Jesus did, Satan wants to counterfeit it. You still with me? Wisdom is needed here. Last verse. Let the one with understanding solve the meaning of the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. Wisdom is needed here. There have been so many theories on this, it's almost ridiculous. Who does the number represent? Could it be the Pope? Could it be a pastor present president? You know what? A good mathematician, Shelley, a good mathematician could make that number 666 equal your name. And I'm not saying you're the Antichrist. All right? So what am I saying? I'm saying stop trying to figure it out. If you're there, you're going to know who He is. It takes wisdom. But don't try to manipulate somebody's name to represent this number. And if somebody else tries to do it, don't buy into it. What we do know is this. God's number is what? Seven. Seven, seven, seven. God is a representative of perfection, completeness. Man, number six, who was created in God's image, but he was a little lacking. He's not God. But God created us, so we're a number below. The Antichrist had to settle for this. He wanted the seven, but he got the six. And he'll take it, because that's what it is. Now, you may already know this, but some manuscripts actually say this number isn't 666, it's 616. What? So how are we supposed to know? Don't look at the numbers. You're going to know if you're here. 
It isn't going to matter. This is just showing us that it's going to be a representative of man. Because it's man's number. They're not going to have six. It could be 616. I don't know what that is. Isn't that an area code? That's close, isn't it? Grand Rapids. Do we have any Grand Rapids people here? Watch them. She's the... Never mind. <laughs> I'm just messing with you, Karen. <laughs> uh, I bet you wish you'd stayed home today. If you're living on earth during the tribulation, I feel, scholars feel, that you will easily be able to determine who this number represents. There won't be any question. With that said, would you stand? What? Pastor Norm, it's before noon. And Pastor Barb prayed for ten minutes. I knew there was a reason my message was short today. Thank you. And I'm so glad you prayed there, by the way. Satan's primary sin was pride. Right? That's what got him in trouble. And if you go back to Adam and Eve, the reason they sinned was most likely because of pride, because Satan said to them, God didn't want you to eat from this because you'd be like Him. You would know all. And so they said, ooh, I want that. Pride. They were unwilling to subject themselves to God forever. Today many people are destined for hell because they think they have this life all under control. I used to think that. Then I realized how desperate I was. Then I realized how dark it was around me. Then I realized the thoughts that were going through my head were thoughts of destruction. Even thinking of killing myself because I didn't want to live anymore if this was all there was. And thanks to a friend who loved me enough to share the love of Christ, I finally said, tell me about Jesus. His testimony led me to the cross. And because of that, I'm born again today. I'm a new child. A new godly kid. Heaven is my home. I'm just walking through this, this earth, all right, just like you and me. We're all just walking through this, right? This isn't our destiny. Our destiny is heaven. This is a journey, part of it. You may be here today and you may think, I got it all under control. <laughs> you are so messed up. And I'm only speaking from personal experience. You need Jesus. How do I know that? Because Jesus said it. For without the shedding of blood, there's what? And you can't get to heaven with sin in your life. So you got a choice. You apply the blood of Jesus to your life, to your sins. You ask Him to forgive you. And then you begin to serve Him. Or you just keep on living with all those things under control. You keep on living in sin. And eventually the day's going to come. 
you're going to be called. Your number's going to be up. You're not going to heaven. Because if your name isn't written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you aren't going to be in heaven. There's only one way to put that name, your name, in that book, and that is apply the blood. How do we defeat Satan? By the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony. Our testimony is that God saved us, redeemed us from the curse of the law. And if you're new to Christianity, this may sound deep, but don't worry about that part. Just grab onto the simple truth. I need Jesus. Say that with me. I need Jesus. Hallelujah. When I started, I talked about the tribe of Dan. The tribe that was left out of the list in Revelation 7. They were always skirting the edge of their relationship with God. And when God said, I want you all to cross the Jordan, they said, you know what? Nope. Hey, we're just going to camp out on this side of the promised land. They had it under control. Or did they? They were also an adulterous people. They worshipped idols. They stole idols to worship. <laughs> and they were left out. The same is true. If you're living for anybody but Jesus, your destiny is already sure, and it's not heaven. Here's what I'm going to ask. Last slide. Would you bow your heads? I believe the Holy Spirit is in this place. And I also believe many of you have been influenced by Satan himself, convinced that you're in control of your own life, your own destiny. But I'm here to tell you today you're not. There's only one sure way to go through this life victorious, and that is to become one of God's kids. He's calling you today. Come to me, you who carry those heavy burdens. Come to me, for my burden is light. My yoke is easy. If only you'll come to me. I'm going to ask with everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, please, between you and the Lord. You'd say, Pastor, I'm not ready. I know I'm not. You may have confessed Jesus at some point in your life, but for whatever reason, you've been skirting the edge. You haven't been all in, but you realize today that you really do need to go all in. And you're feeling in your spirit today that's what you want to do. If that's you, would you lift your hand up so I can see it? Yep. Anybody else? Hallelujah. Yes? You can put them down if, you've already, if I've seen you. Anyone else? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. I would ask if you raise your hand, pray this prayer as though Jesus is standing right in front of you because I believe He is. Where two or more gather in His name, He is here. And He's going to hear this prayer and it's going to make a difference in your life and in the kingdom of God because your name is going to be added to the Lamb's Book of Life today. Would you pray this with me? Heavenly Father, 
Forgive me of my sins and make me a new person. The old man is dead. I'm not going to serve him anymore. I'm going to serve Jesus. I thank you for the blood that cleanses me of my unrighteousness, washes away all my sins, and from this day forward, I'm going to purpose in my heart to live for the Lord. I give you my life, all that I am, and all that I have. Now keep me safe. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you give the Lord a hand this morning? We live in a crazy day. You are the light. Go out there today and tell people about Jesus. Ask the Lord, and I hope you do this, ask the Lord, put somebody in my path today that I can share the love of God with. And you know what? He will. And then pray, help me to know who they are. Because <laughs> sometimes He puts them in front of us but we don't realize it, and we just walk right by Him. Pray for opportunity. Father, we thank You again for the Word, for the future. Our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and we give You all the praise and all the glory for that. Now as we continue going about our, our, our business, Lord, loving on our families today, our friends, Lord, keep us safe and help us to be that shining light Help us to teach others about Jesus, about the Word of God, and help us to love them in Christ's name. And Lord, we commit and dedicate this church, the people of the hope, and our guests, Lord, we commit them all into your hands. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Have a great week in Jesus. We pray you enjoyed this message from Pastor Norm Oberlin. If you would like to partner with Mount Hope Church, you can make your tax-deductible donation online at GaylorChurch.com. From there, just click on Give Online Now. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to be with you again next week.